that's what we will begin to speak. So we thank you for our teacher on tonight, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we cannot do it without you. So we need your help on tonight. And we thank you, Father, that we will stay connected to the vine. Because without the vine, we are nothing. And I thank you, Father, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And as I open my mouth to teach your people, I thank you for the power of God flowing through the word of God that's coming through me. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about y'all, but this teaching on grace and faith and righteousness, it helps you to think, amen? It helps you to think um, who you are now that you're in Christ and how you have become who you are. And I give God glory for reminding me as I read his word that it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. If we would remember where our help comes from, we would not be trying to do it ourselves in so many areas. There's a lot of things that I believe we still try to do that we know goodness well that there's nothing we can do to change it. But if we go into the word of God and see what has already been done and grab hold to that, we will begin to see manifestation in our lives. Last week, we talked about the righteousness of God. And we know that the righteousness of God is God's standards, is his way of doing things, is his way of living. So when we uh, become righteous, it's not through what we do. It's through having faith in what Jesus done on our behalf. And being that we are in right standing with God, that means that we have access to everything that God has, that he has given us um, by grace. But we access it, what? Through faith. So all of these um, Teachings go together, grace, grace and faith, and righteousness. So if you've been meditating on that, then you should not be so beat up in some areas that the enemy is coming to you with. Um, the scripture we went over, it was presenting um, how righteous God is in Psalms 145:17. It said, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. So that means that everything that God does is righteous. It's pure. There's no sin mixed into nothing that God does. And when we go back to the Israelites and back in um, the book of Exodus, uh, was it the 19th uh, chapter when uh, they would not uh, go to God for themselves, but they wanted Moses to go on their behalf? Because when they found out how holy and how righteous God was, they knew they could not stand before God the way they were. So when we realize how holy and how righteous God is, we should know I can't meet none of God's requirements because if I meet all of them, um, nine of them and miss one, that means that I have broke them all. So we determine that in James 2.10. So thank God for Jesus Christ. That's where our righteousness comes from. It said he who knew no sin became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God by him. So if we focus on what Jesus have done on our behalf, we should know that God is not looking at us. He's looking at his son because his son had no sin. In order to be righteous before God, you can have no sin. You got to be picture perfect. And the only one that could meet that was Jesus Christ. So by us accepting Jesus Christ, that puts us in right standing with God and gives us access to everything that God has for us. It comes through Jesus Christ. We looked at Luke 18, um, dealing with uh, the gentleman that say, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, this man had a lot of things and he wanted to know what can I do to inherit eternal life? The first thing that Jesus said, there's no one that's good. The only one that's good is God. So he was letting him know the only one that is pure the only one that is, is righteous, it is God. That is the only one that's upright. It is God. And so this gentleman was, uh, Jesus began to say, then you got to keep all the commands. He said, I kept all these commands from my youth. But Jesus said, there's one thing that you haven't done. He says, sell all that you have. Come on. Sometimes we think we've done everything just right to get something from God, does, don't we? We think we prayed. You know, I've been praying all week. I've been fasting all week. I've been doing this. I've been coming to church. I've been um, helping this one. I've been helping that one. Surely, you know, God is going to give me what I have asked. But it's not based upon what we do. 
It's based upon what Jesus have already done. So if you're still trying to do things in the church or you're still trying to impress people to get something from God, then you need to quit doing what you're doing. We do it because of the love of God, because when we know his love, the love that's in us and the compassion that comes through us, which is coming from God, that is what's going to have us to do for other people not trying to do to get anything from God so Jesus broke it down to this man and this man he just you know held his head down because he knew he wasn't giving up his riches so Jesus knew you're not willing to give up anything um, for the kingdom that you possess that you own and sometimes that's what we do the one thing that God tell us um, that we need to do that's one thing that we don't want to do because we feel like no I can't do that but in order to be right with God, you have to follow his way of doing, his way of living, his standards, his way of being acceptable before him. And nobody in this room could meet that. The only one that could do it was Jesus Christ. So tonight, what I want to do, I want to talk about um, justified, being justified. We talked about the righteousness of God, but I want to talk about being justified on tonight. And that's going to help us bring together the righteousness of God. I should have gave you this first, but I gave you righteousness first. And as I give you this, you're going to see how righteousness fit in with justified by God. All of us in this room have to be justified by God. What does justified mean? It means to be acquitted, all charges dropped, just as if we never sinned. To be acquitted, all charges dropped, just as we have never sinned. I'll give you a courtroom scene. You got a murderer that's going on trial. This murderer knew that what he did was wrong. He knew that he committed the crime. He has a lawyer, even though the lawyers represent him, the lawyer have already checked. Um, you know, this is what you're going to get for this crime because they go by the law. And when they're in the courtroom, you have a judge, you have a jury, and they go through the whole scenario. But the the uh, attorney has already told this gentleman, this is what you're going to get because this is what the law requires that you get. So when everything is all said and done, you got the witnesses, they're bearing witness to what was done, what the person done. And all of a sudden, it's time to give a verdict, a verdict. And in the midst of giving that verdict, you have somebody that stands up and says, I will um, take the punishment for what they done. So that person is standing in for that person and saying, no, it wasn't them, it was me. Now you got witnesses saying, no, it was them, but you got a man standing and saying, no, I want to take all the charges that was held against this man on my account. So the judge is saying at this time, okay, because this man stepped in for you, then you're going to be acquitted of all your charges. That means everything that you ever done, the slate has been wiped clean. You only have nothing on your record because this man here took on everything. Oh, my man, who does that? A murderer is in the courtroom. You have witnesses saying that this person is a murderer, but yet and still you have somebody that stands up and say, no, I'm going to take all of his charges upon myself. That means that that man is acquitted. That man is justified just as he has never sinned. Let me give it to you out of the word of God so we can understand it even more. We look at Matthew 27, verse 15 through 26. Matthew 27, verse 15 through 26. I'm going to read out the Amplified. It says, Now at that feast the governor was wanted to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had them a noble prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. 
And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scorned Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. This is the saying in the courtroom. You have a man, Barabbas, he was guilty of all charges as a murderer. But you had Jesus, who was a just man, who didn't do anything wrong. Jesus was delivered up in his place. He took all the charges of Barabbas, and Barabbas got free, meaning that he was acquitted of all those charges. This is what the plan of God was for Jesus. This was God's way of, of showing people that my son is going to step in, a just man. And he's going to take on every sin that you can ever even imagine that you could commit, past, present, and future sins. He's going to stand in. He's going to take on all that on, on himself so you can be acquitted, so you can be justified, so it's just like you never sinned. All of us know in this room that we have done some things in our lifetimes that we should not have done. Amen? From the pulpit down, it don't matter how little or how big it was, sin is spelled the same way, S-I-N. And if all of us was in the world and we had not accepted Jesus Christ, that made us a sinner. Meaning that we done what the world was doing. Because Satan is the God of this world. He was our father. So his way was our way of doing things. You have murderers. You have liars. You have adulterers. You have fornicators. You have blasphemers. You have all of these people in the world. You have people that... Um, so strife, backbiters, whatever you want to call it. You have even sins some of us have not even heard about or even thought about. People committing incest, people doing all kind of stuff. But one man stepped in for all of this, and his name was Jesus. And this man knew no sin. This man was pure, had no sin. But God had to find a perfect sacrifice in order to justify us from sin in order to acquit us meaning that God said you know what in order for you to come and stand before me and be right in my eyes and to be righteous he said you got to be acquitted first he said and I know you can't do it on your own he said you cannot pay um, um, the price for sin because the price that I want paid for sin is death and I know that I don't want you to have death. I want you to have eternal life. And the, the, the wage that's required, well, the price that has to be paid, it has to be a perfect sacrifice for sin. So Jesus, he stepped in and he said, I'll take it. I'll take on all the sins of the world. Can you imagine one man took on everybody's sin? No matter what that sin was, he said, I'll take it. He said, I'm going to take it because... My father loved them so much that he's willing to give up his very best, his prized possession, which is his son, Jesus Christ. He said, when my son take your sins, you're going to be justified. You're going to be acquitted before me just as, that, as you never sinned. That means that that's what make you righteous. You didn't make yourself righteous. It's because of what Jesus done. That's what have made you righteous. If we look at people in that area, then we can be forgiven. But if we keep holding on to stuff in our heart and we say we know Jesus, then we really don't know Jesus. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Doing the teaching that we have been doing lately, dealing with um, the way you think determines how you live, all of this, these things go together because I can say truly, hurt is hurt. Is that not true? It don't matter which way you've been hurt. Hurt is hurt. And the more you meditate on that hurt, the more it gets deep in your heart, right? You can be saved for 20 years, and somebody can hurt you right at that moment. You, if you don't realize who you are now that you're in Christ and realize what he done for you and how he paid the price for you, if you don't realize that, you're going to keep holding that against that person. It's like this. Either you can forgive them or not forgive them. But when you stand before the Father, you're going to be held accountable of what you did not do. 
that's going to be on that final judgment. We, all of us in this room can say, I have truly forgiven a person. The only way you know you have truly forgiven a person is when you can look that person in the face and don't have no remorse and don't have no ill will in your heart saying, I just can't stand you. Anybody that totally forgives, do not crumble or cringe when the enemy come in the room. You can be the same as you always been. How do you get to that place? You get to that place by knowing what Jesus done for you. And when you know what he's done for you, you ain't going to hold that in your heart because you said just how he justified me. See, he justified me one day, y'all. He freed me. He had all the charges dropped. So if he justified me, why would I hold something against Monica? If I say I know him and he acquitted me, I could look at her. When I say I forgive you, that means, Monica, all charges have been dropped. You've been acquitted and I don't have to keep on telling somebody what you've done. See, people say they forgive you, but when you keep telling people what this person done to make this person look bad, you ain't totally forgiving that person. But Jesus, when he forgave us, y'all, he paid the price on that cross once and for all. He paid the price for sin. See, what happened with the ones that were, you know, they had to kill all these animals, they had to forever stand every day offering a sacrifice. But it was one man who knew no sin, who became sin for us, when he died, y'all guess what he did? He sat down at the right hand of God. He ain't have to stand up no more because he had already acquitted us. He had already adjust, um, justified us. He already made us righteous so we can stand before the Father. Guess why Jesus is sitting there? Because he said, Father, I'm the one that's standing in the gap on their behalf. So guess what? I got them. So, Father, you can't do nothing to them because I done paid the price. That blood on that mercy seat is saying, have mercy on Apostle Amanda. Have mercy. I get new mercies every day. Now, just because I get new mercies, do I keep doing what I do? No. That's what turned me away from doing what I do because I say, God, you had mercy on me. So how could I not have mercy on somebody else? See, when I think about his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness, and how he loved me when I was unlovable, then that means that I should love you with that same kind of love he loved me with, which is agape love, which is not based on conditions. Because like using Monica, if Monica hurt me, and I said, well, do this for me, Monica, do that for me, and Monica's running around like a chicken with a head cut off, buying me this and buying me that to try to get justified by me, to try to get forgiven. Forgiveness, and I'm saying, yeah, I forgive you, but hey, go, you know, I saw something in belts and child, that thing looked good. You mind going and getting that for me? So she's still trying to do stuff to get me to forgive her. That means she haven't truly accepted what God has done on her behalf. Because if she's still trying to please me, she still don't know she's been justified, that she's been forgiven. Once she asked me to forgive her, and I said, yes, I forgive her. That's the end of that. She don't have to do nothing else for me for that forgiveness because she asked for that forgiveness. And I say, yes, you are forgiven. So she don't, it's not laid against her anymore, y'all. She don't have to go home and feel restless and wrestle all night because of what she done. Because she can go home and say, glory be to God, I've been acquitted of that thing. And now I can rest. So what's happening to the church? When you're not taught these things, you go on what the world does. Y'all know what the world does. Buy me. You're going to keep buying me until I say it ain't enough. That don't happen, y'all, because anything somebody buy you cannot heal that hurt. I don't care if they buy you a new house. Hurt going to still be there. Buy you a new car and you smiling and everybody say, girl, I know you got it going on. You got that man whipped. What else she going to get, girl? I ain't through yet. But you know Jesus. It don't work like that, y'all. When we know him and we know what he done for us, that's what we should be doing for each other. So that's one scripture. Or was that two? Was that one? Wow, we can go home. <laughs> God know what he's doing. 
So, here goes another scripture for you. Romans 4, 5. Let's see what Romans 4, 5 said about this justification. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, did you know you've been justified? Say, really, did you know you've been justified? Say, so if you know, what are you still worried about? And if you know you've been justified, you're righteous. Oh, ain't that awesome? You've been acquitted. All charges have been dropped. Isn't that something? So guess what? When the enemy is coming to you to accuse you of that stuff, guess what? You know you've been acquitted. Look, I ain't worried about you. Get on about your business. I know who I am. I've already been acquitted. I've already been justified. So you're not going to make me try to do something to get God to do what I have already accepted that Jesus has done. So look at Romans 4, 5 and what it says. It says here, but to him that worketh not, but believe on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. You see how justification and righteousness work together? But to him that worketh not, that means Jennifer Simpson, you got to quit working for something that is found in Christ Jesus. That means if you're still trying to work on being acquitted, trying to work on, uh, am I really forgiven? That means you ain't accepted what Jesus done on your behalf. He said again, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth. You got to believe on what Jesus have done to justify you, to um, put you in the right standing with God is through him and not you. The ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So when you believe in what Jesus done on your behalf, how Jesus took on your sins, that means all the charges have been dropped. You have been acquitted from whatever sin it was, past, present, and future. Guess what happened? You put in right standing with God. Because you believing on who? Did it say believe on you? Because if you believe it on you, that means that's works, right? That's the law. So he say for him that worketh, that's dealing with the law. See, under the Old Testament, you had to work. <laughs> you had to do stuff to be righteous before God. You had to do stuff to be justified before God. If they seen you coming out on the Sabbath day, you were stoned. Because <laughs> God said you don't do that. So whatever God told you to do, that's what you had to do in order to be justified. And if you didn't do all of that, you were stoned to death. Because you were disobeying what God was telling you. Oh, thank God for Jesus. Because some of us were having somebody looking out for us to see if anybody peeking. Don't you know God see you? This, this is what the world does. Duh, we stuck on stupid. From the pulpit down, let's just say it. <laughs> My brother gave me that. <laughs> but anyway, you know what we do? I use Kim back there. Me and Kim going on an outing and stuff and just say I'm a good thief. Come here, Kim. Come here. I'm a good thief, me and Kim going on out, and this thief is saved. Saved, full of the Holy Ghost. He come that little sock. Still a thief. <laughs> and I'm telling Kim, we going on out, and I'm saying, now, you see that bag over there? You see it good? That bag look good? It's nice. Girl, you know that bag look good if I told that bag, right? Yeah, I can see it on you. You got any money on you? I ain't got no money. Girl, I ain't got none either. But guess what I learned last night in Bible study? Even if I steal that bag, God done forgiven me, even if I take it tonight, girl. I'm already, listen here, listen here. You heard what she said. She said, this is what she said. She said by me having faith in Jesus, remember that? That he took on all my sins, past, present, and future sins. You get it, girl? So that means if he took all of my sins, you see that bag over there? Girl, that's a $500 bag. You ain't got no money on you? No, no But you would help me if you had it, right? Yeah. You help me if you had it, right? Yeah. So you're going to help me tonight. <laughs> so this is, what, this is what I want you to help me with. I want you to look out for me when I go over there and I get the bag and just leave on out. You're going to help me now. Now, remember now, we're supposed to love one another. The Bible tells us <laughs> that if, if, if you love God, you're supposed to love me too. And if you love me, the Bible says if you see your brother destitute of something and need of something, you don't send your brother away. You help your brother. And now I'm your sister. It did. No, he also said if he see your brother, sister, error. Look, look, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? 
you, you ain't friend. You ain't my friend. Because if you were my friend, listen, I done told you now, you've been justified. I've been justified. Even if I steal that bag, girl, I can go home and I can lay down in peace. Because I'm telling you, that's my bag. You know it's my bag. You said it was my bag. We in agreement. And the Bible say, if two or three come together, <laughs> girl, he's in the midst of us. He's right here. No, no, that's not what the Bible said. <laughs> you, you, you can't help me. No, I can't help you. You can't help me. Go on. Go on. <laughs> she don't want to help me, right? It's all right. I do it on my own. So let's say I do it and say I got away with it, right? But who's watching me? But then I'm going to justify why I got that bag, Miss Mary. Is this not going on amongst people? Because they're using the word to sin. And they're trying to justify, well, y'all heard the grace teaching. Grace said that God already provided everything through Jesus Christ and I have everything I need through him and then I learned that I'm the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ and I learned that I've already been acquitted of me so if I've already been an acquitted, I can steal all I want and I'm still forgiven, past, present, and future. And y'all, guess what? I see many more bags in the future. <laughs> and I'm already forgiven. This is people thinking. This is, the, this is even Christian people thinking. We know what's right. You know how we know what's right? God has given everybody in this room a conscience. Your conscience bears witness to the Holy Ghost. So that means if I'm doing something wrong, y'all already know it's wrong before I do it. So guess what? How can I justify something if I know it's already wrong? Y'all know what we do when somebody catch us in something. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done it. But let me tell you something. But you did it. So what make you any different from me? So why are you talking to me about that? See, when we understand that we've been acquitted and we've been justified, that turn us away from what we have done. So you see how Kim was ministering to me in the process, telling me, no, that ain't right. You, you, you done turned them scriptures around. I'm not going to have a part of that. So guess what's going to happen? If I'm saved like I say I am and I have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to bring back to my remembrance what she said. Even though I stole the bag and I knew it was wrong, I'm hearing what the Holy Ghost is saying to me and letting me know that's not who you are now that you're in Christ. Yes, you have been acquitted and he'll direct me right back to that scripture and he'll have me to meditate on that scripture until I am illuminated. And then when I am illuminated, then I'm going to go take the bag back because it didn't belong to me. Who does that? No, this is what the devil said. You take that bag back in there, they're going to lock you up. You better keep this one and just forget about it. But how many can keep a bag that's going to remind you of what you already done? Is that not, not a difference? So what I'm saying is people are thinking, I can still live this way and it's okay. I, I got something to tell you. You shouldn't have got saved. Just live like you're living. God gave you a choice. He gave you a choice of death and he gave you a choice of life. If you choose life, you don't walk in death. If you choose death, then you walk in death. You can't serve two masters. So don't be trying to justify what you're doing and still say, I'm saved. A saved person that know that they're saved is not going to keep doing what they do because they know who they are now that they're in Christ. Justified means I have been freed from that. So if I'm freed for it, why am I going back to prison? Something is wrong, isn't it? But everybody say, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do. Who told you that? Who told you it's okay to live like you're living and you're supposed to know Christ? Why don't you just not get saved? Because some people tell people, come on, you need to be saved. You need to serve Jesus. But tell them why. Don't just tell them they just need to be saved. Tell them the good news. Tell them what God has already done for them. And when they know what he's already done, people don't have to say, well, I'm going to change this and then I'll get saved. Some people say, well, I'm going to quit fornicating first and then I'm going to get saved. You're going to end up going to hell. Because the very thing that you keep doing, it has become a habit and you get so used to do it, it don't look like sin no more. 
You got Christians that keep doing stuff over and over and over again, and they feel like they're okay, and it's not that bad. But then you can go tell somebody else, Teresa, you know you lied. Now you need to quit your line. I told you about that line. You can't be coming to church lying like that. And then you're still over here stealing. But you done justified your being a thief. But you're telling everybody she's a liar. The point is you ain't got caught with being a thief. You're thinking you okay doing what you do. Oh, I see something before me. Or oh, switching price tags. I'm going to take the lower price and put it over here. And put the higher price over here and go to the counter and say, I want to get this bag. Well, that's not the price of that bag. Well, you got to give it to me because that's what's on it. You got to honor what's there. Y'all ever heard that trick before? Let me tell you how, what it means to truly be saved. I told y'all this before. I had some shirts that um, was given to my son. And he was wearing those shirts, nice shirts. And he was sporting them shirts. One day I found out them shirts were stolen. I didn't know at first. So the thing bothered me so much, bothered me so much. So the closer I got to God, God said, you got to get rid of that. And he said, getting rid of it don't mean that you give it to somebody else because they participating in what you know that's wrong. So I said, okay, God. So I told my husband, I say, hey, these shirts, I want you to go outside and burn them. So he started burning the shirts. Jeremy come out the house. He said, why y'all burning my shirt? <laughs> I said, Jeremy, you can't have them shirts. Them shirts were stolen. <laughs> and you never tell a child that wearing stolen clothes, they ain't going to talk. So you got to do it like this. And boy, you better not tell nobody them shirts was told. <laughs> but we had to get that out of our house. We had to do away with what we knew that wasn't right. No, I couldn't take them back to the store because I didn't know where they got them from. But when I heard they was hot, can't stay in my house. So see, that was way back. I didn't know all these things. So this is what I'm saying. Some people give you stuff, but if the Holy Ghost give you a check in what they're giving you, you need to check out, by the way, where did you get this from? And if they say, I, I stole it. Oh, no, 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 not in this house. So see, that means that once I learn truth, then I don't go participate in something that's opposite to what I have learned. So guess what we have to do? We have to take the teaching that we have learned, knowing that we've been justified, knowing that we are, have been acquitted, and we have to share it with other people that are saved, and especially the ones that's not saved, and say, you know, Jesus already justified you. The charges have already been dropped on your behalf, but in order for you to stand before God, you have to accept what Jesus done, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Y'all, is that not awesome? Who would want to do that? Look at a murderer who did go to prison. And he know he committed that crime. But God always have somebody in prison to minister to that murderer to let him know you can be forgiven for this. You can be acquitted. And the first thing they're going to say is, you mean I can get out? No, you're going to serve your time. You did the crime, you're going to serve your time. But God will forgive you. And you no longer held accountable for what you've done you have been acquitted all the charges have been dropped so can you imagine a murderer in prison and people know he murdered somebody and he said i've been acquitted all charges have been dropped i've been justified and they'll say well why are you still in prison then he began to tell them about what jesus done and even though they in lockdown they're free that goes back to paul and silas remember when they got beat for something that they didn't do but they were in the prison giving God glory. They were praising his name because they knew what Jesus done for them, even though they was in lockdown. And guess what? Suddenly there was an earthquake and God stepped in on their behalf. Why? Because they recognized that they didn't deserve to be where they were. And God opened the prison doors, not only for Paul and Silas, but for everybody that was in there. They were ready to get saved because they knew that God had to do that and no man could do it. This is what's supposed to be happening with us. When you learn these teachings, you're supposed to go in there and meditate on them enough to go to somebody else and say, you've been justified. All charges have been dropped. You've been cleared of all that. Don't let nobody condemn you. Don't let nobody make you feel guilty or wrong. If, if we continue to feel guilty and feel wrong when we say we know that God has forgiven us, you truly don't know about 
him justifying you through Jesus Christ. God has dropped all charges. We have been justified. We have been forgiven. So we go back to Romans 4, 5. It says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. The Amplified says, But to one who not working, but to one who not working by the law, trusts, believes fully in him, who justified the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness, the standing acceptable to God. So the only way we can be acceptable to God and right standing with him is to be justified. And the only way we can be justified is by having faith in what Jesus have done. Let's look at another scripture. Let's look at Romans 3.28. Romans 3.28. And it says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So Paul is saying here, a man is justified. He's acquitted. All charges are dropped by faith without the deeds of the law. So that means that when we have faith in Jesus Christ, we don't have to do anything to be justified. It has already been taken care of through Jesus Christ. Y'all get it? So it's not by your works. It's not by what you do that gets you justified. It's based on what Jesus have done. Jesus paid the price for all of our sins when he went to the cross. Let's do another scripture. Let's look at Romans 4, 25. This is going to tell you what I was saying about the cross. Who was delivered for our offenses, that mean our sins and misdeeds, and was raised again for our justification. Justification is free from guilt and acceptable to him. So that means all charges have been dropped. Who was delivered for our offenses, that mean our sins, our misdeeds, and was raised again for our justification. So we see that if Jesus had never rose, none of us would have been justified. If he had stayed in that grave, see that's why it had to be death, burial, and resurrection. By him um, rising up, then we get everything that Jesus died for. If he never rose, we would not be justified. We would not be made righteous. We would not even be sanctified. Thank God that he rose on the third day. See how much that means when you understand what he done? When I got saved, nobody explained all this to me. I just accepted salvation. Nobody told me about the death, burial, the resurrection. So I, was, I sat there one night and I said to myself, why did Jesus die? Now I'm saved. Why did Jesus die? What did he die for? Didn't have no meaning in me. I just confessed with my mouth. Supposed to have believed in my heart. <laughs> but I didn't know what the scripture meant. So how could I minister to somebody when I didn't know why he died? Only thing I heard about Jesus was on the cross and he died. Okay, oh well. Okay, I accept that. Well, you know, if you die today, you're going to hell. Jesus, nobody want to go to hell. But I had no meaning of his death, burial, and resurrection. When you get the full understanding of what Jesus done and you get the illumination and revelation from it, then you can live your life based on him and not based on you. So if anybody is trying to get you to do something to get something from God, you are in bondage and you just get tired. I don't know about you, but before I found out all this, I was working for some healing. I was crying out to God, why ain't you heal me? God, what's wrong? I've been praying. I've been fasting. I think I've been living right. God, what's wrong with me? And finally, when I grabbed hold, I'm like, I wore myself out for nothing. Only thing I had to do was believe in what he has done and just accept what he has done through Jesus Christ, not through anything that I could ever do, y'all. Look how easy that is. And then you won't get tired. And then when you truly fast, you're fasting to put the body under subjection so you'll be able to hear what God is saying so you'll be able to receive it. If you're fasting and you're getting tired of fasting, you know, some people get tired of fasting. Oh, I got to fast today, just another day. I'm going to make it. And you're looking mean and you're talking hateful and nasty with people. There ain't no fast. God ain't giving you nothing for that. you just tired, that's all. And hungry and eating more than you ever ate before. That's what a fast do for you. You know, some people are so happy because they went on a fast. Yeah, child, I went 21 days like a grouch. 
That's all you did. 21 days, you lost a little weight. What did you accomplish? I ain't seen nothing yet. I fasted 21 days, and I'm still hurting. That hip's still giving me problems. Somebody will tell you, well, you need to go 40 days. That's what you need to do. You need to go 40 days. Ain't that what Moses done? Ain't that what Jesus done? And I believe you go 40 days, he'll give you a new hip. I believe that too. <laughs> people tell you that. He'll give you a new hip. You almost there. And so many people so crazy, they do it. And then they wonder when they start by eating why they stomach cramping because you ate too much. You fasting for something you already have. Do you know the healer is in you? So if he's in you, he's going to touch the part of you that's hurting. The power of God is in you. The only reason why you fasting is to get the body under subjection so the body can receive what it already have. <laughs> Still limping. Next scripture. So we see, we're learning about um, when Jesus rose, he rose to what? To justify us. And then Romans 5, 1, it goes on to say, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're justified by faith. And while we're justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Jesus Christ. I pray that as I'm going over this script, these scriptures, it's helping you to understand justification. It's helping you to understand you cannot justify yourself. When you do something wrong, God knew what you were going to do before you did it. He knew what you were thinking before you thought it. He knew when it was going to happen, where it was going to happen, and who you were going to be with before it happened. This is why, look, a preacher was saying it was a, it was a man that was going to commit adultery on his wife, save man. The man knew when he had the thought it was wrong, but he kept driving. He didn't bother to stop. He kept right on till he got to the woman's house, done what he had to do, and then he realized, I shouldn't have done it. Okay. God knew what he was going to do before he done it, right? So you already done it. How can you undo it? Can you? But what you can do is say, Lord, I was wrong. That what I done was not right, God. So what do you do when you have a change of mind? You don't go back in the same direction you went in before. That's when you know change have come. But you don't dwell on what you done. The more you dwell on what you done, you putting yourself more in bondage and not realizing that Jesus already paid the price for what you already done. That's with any sin. It don't matter if it's adultery, fornication, being a liar, being a thief. It don't matter what it is. He know your thoughts are far off. Guess what? You sin in your mind. You sin in your mind before you commit the act. Anybody? You know you done call that person ugly before it even come out your mouth. In your mind, you saying, you sure is ugly. That's what we do. In our mind, we done call them ugly. And then we looking in their face and saying, girl, that look good. Lying. Lying. And we done told them they were ugly in our mind. Then we, so you done sin right then. You're supposed to have been dead. But because of what Jesus done, we've been acquitted of all that mess. So when we have those kind of thoughts, guess what's going to override those thoughts? The word of God. And when the word come, we cast down those things because the word is going to be higher than what you're thinking. Amen. Y'all, this is so simple. A child could get it. And you know, children, y'all, I got something to tell you about children. Everybody should know. Them little kids like this, two-year-old, three-year-old, they know what they're doing. Y'all, did y'all know that? Don't let them fool you. I'm gonna use, I always use our family because I ain't got a problem with it. My little granddaughter in here ran around Sunday after church like she wasn't tired, wasn't nothing. Had Michelle chasing her. Michelle like, sit down, Jana. Sit down, Jana. And she, like she ain't heard a thing Michelle said. Okay. That was Sunday, right? Yesterday, my son was sitting in the house. Gianna come to my son. She said, Daddy. I'm going to tell Michelle I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done what I've done. Out the clear blue sky. Now, two weeks prior to that, 
When me and my husband get on her, she'll tell me, Mima, you mean. <laughs> then one day she told him, Grenetta, you mean too. Picked her up from school. My little girl gonna say, Mima, I'm sorry for calling you mean. Granddaddy, I'm sorry for calling you mean. What did that tell you? I believe she held accountable. <laughs> Any child that tell you something you didn't tell them to tell you. And then one day, I'm using children. I'm going to tell you how children are. We sitting in the car, and my son, and I feel sorry for Jayana. I'm going to whoop you. Didn't I tell you to be quiet? What did I tell you about interrupting grown people conversation? She in the back. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Jayana. What did I tell you? Shut up. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing, Jayana. I'm finna spank you. She shut up just that quick. So then later on, I said, Jayana, why you do your daddy like that? You know you shouldn't do your daddy like that. I said, then she turned around and say, Daddy, I'm so sorry for doing that. I said, girl, you're a manipulator. I said, you know, you know what she told me? I don't want to talk no more, me mom. Now, how she know what manipulator means? <laughs> I did not explain it. So what am I telling you? We know. I'm going to tell you like the parrot. The parrot did the woman that called the woman ugly. That woman walked by that parrot every day, and he said, you ugly. She come again, he said, you ugly. So she said, I'm going to tell your owner on you. She talked to the owner. The owner talked to the bird. She come back by the bird. The bird said, you know. <laughs> so what am I saying? We know. And when we know what we're supposed to be doing, nobody don't have to tell you because you already know what's right. So let's quit saying it was the devil. No, you have a will. But the more we know what he has done for us and we get built up in what he has done for us, y'all, we turn away from stuff so quick that we don't even think about that kind of stuff because that's not our way of living no more. We're living like the kingdom. We don't do like everybody else do. If I know I've been acquitted of all charges, who want to go in lockdown again? I don't because sin lock you down. Sin make you feel guilty. It make you feel wrong. And I'm trying to, this is what happens, y'all. We need to quit laboring sin. Homosexuality is way up here with us. The biggest sin, people don't even want them around them. I'll beat you down, you come over here. I'll beat you down. And you fornicate. What makes you better than them? God loves us all. And if we would show the love of God to these big sins that we're trying to stay away from, then people will understand he already justified you for that. That's not the way he created you to be. But what do we do? We try to make it bigger than anything else. He who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. It is time for us to walk in the love of God and start living the way we need to live according to what Jesus have done and not according to what we would ever do. Everybody in this room have messed up. I don't care when it was. Everybody in this room was guilty before God. But the reason why we're not guilty no more is because we have somebody standing in the gap. And his name is Jesus. Thank God he's standing in the gap for me. Because he already know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. He already know what I'm thinking. Even if I don't do it, y'all know when your thinking is wrong, it bothers you too. You can think wrong and it, and it stirs your emotions up. And you got a choice whether or not you're going to say something. And all of a sudden you say, if I don't say something, I'm going to burst. And who did that help? Nobody. So it's time to know who we are now that we're in Christ. And the more we know that we have been justified, 
being justified mean? All charges have been acquitted. They have been dropped. Now I am in right standing with Jesus, not because of me, but because of Jesus. So if you still see me, I need to go check my salvation because I supposed to be living according to him and not according to me. All charges have been dropped. I have been acquitted. So when you come to me with that stuff and trying to beat me up with it, I don't pay you no attention. I just tell you who I am now that I'm in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Why? Because I've been crucified with Christ. Amen. Come on, give my hand clap of praise. Now, just a few minutes and we're going to close. I want to find out, do I have a volunteer to tell me what you have learned so far? Anybody? Anybody? Somebody? Did anybody learn anything? Can somebody come up and tell me what you learned? Come on, Gloria. today tonight and you probably put last week in there too because they go together um being um justified by god that i've been acquitted as if i've never sinned because he already did it so it doesn't give me a license to sin because i've already been justified but i don't have to try to you know work it out because it's already been done and then i think um one of the scriptures that you had went over where you were talking about how we have been um, justified through what Jesus, Jesus Christ did, and we now have the peace of God. And I think it's awesome that we are learning this because sometimes you could hear it so much over and over again that you take it for granted. And it's really important that, um, you know, for me, that I apply what I'm getting, and as well as um, last week being the um, righteousness of God that we can't, meet his standards because he's already did it so a lot of times people try to do stuff to be in right standing with God and there's nothing that you can do because you know there's no one good except him and I I think it's awesome that we are getting this because I know for me personally I need it and it's helping me There's nothing in particular that has happened besides just me personally, the way I've always been. I always try to justify what I do and why I do it. But when you have the peace of God and you know what God has done for you, I know you now. I don't have to try to explain so, so hard. I can just pray that God would give that person understanding why things happen the way it happened, and I have peace and walk away from it. Well, I just had a situation. I just got a new job, and I'm in training with this guy. His, and um, and we were talking about God, and you're talking about living. He was talking about fornication and how he didn't fornicate with his fiance until they got engaged. And I and they had been dating for four years, but they only been engaged for a year. And he um he started trying to justify, you know, why he did it and uh why he's doing it now. And I encouraged him, I said, um and he he you know he went back to the word, so I just basically gave him the word and said you know, you're already covered, you're already saved by grace. Um, and he, he went on to mention saying that when he get married in April, that it's not going to be as special because he already feel like he uh, disappointed God. But I told him, I said, I said, why, why don't you challenge your fiance? Y'all can stop now. Like, if y'all made it this long, y'all can stop now. You don't have to justify it any longer. Y'all can stop now and it'll still be as special. Um. 
on your wedding day. And so he went home and he talked to his wife about, you know, to stop justifying why they're having sex and challenge her to, you know, live under the word of God and live by the word of God until they get married. So now they're going to challenge each other and they're going to get in their word and they're going to start going to church more so they don't have to justify why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've learned tonight that I was a person that was held in bondage because on my job, I had this guy that always dogged me out, dogged me out, and I knew he was wrong, and I knew he was doing it. And it came to the point to where I find myself, every time I got around somebody, I will find myself saying stuff to, to make him look bad. And tonight I found out that I wasn't right for doing that, but I didn't make no harm by it, but <laughs> I was wrong, just as wrong as he was. And so now I, I'm admitting, you know, and I thank God for deliverance because tonight I've been delivered out of that area. And it feels so, so good already because, you know, every time I went somewhere, I was always saying, you know, he do this, he do that, and he know he's wrong and he's doing it out of spite and he's doing it because he just don't, you know, uh, he just don't want to see me prosper. And now I know that I was just as bad as he were. And it took me a long time until tonight that I realized that I'm in bondage and I thank God that I'm free because I've been justified and acquitted by Christ. Amen. Well, this is about me and my husband, and I learned it tonight. With Willie, he's always telling me, like, now, Denise, you know that won't write. Blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And then I'm a type of person, I always try to explain myself to him, why I do certain things or why I say certain things. But tonight, I'm finding out that I don't have to explain myself to him. I don't have to explain myself to nobody, you know, I just supposed to do what God is telling me to do, be obedient, and long as I'm walking in love and, and doing what God is telling me to do, I don't have to be validated by my husband or by other people. I just need to be validated by God because my past is the past. It's under the blood, and God has already justified me and acquitted me from my sins and things that I have done. And then I always have a fear of hurt. When Pastor was talking about hurt tonight, you know, sometimes you can get hurt so much till you think it's gone, but the residue is still there with things that you be going through. But like she said, I got to know who I am in Christ and I got to know how much God loves me. And when you find out, and you get a relationship with God and you know what God has done for you, it's easy for you to love someone that's hurt you. It's easy for you to forgive, you know, when somebody hurts you, you know, it'll roll off your back. But you have got to believe that God loves you. He sent Jesus. And you got to believe that Jesus has already came and everything that you went through or everything that you going through your past present and future sins you got to believe that he's already acquitted you for him and by grace he came and through grace and we oh god i'm getting nervous but through grace we activated with faith and by faith you know we can walk into things of god and believe that god has already done what he's already done
Well, I guess um, I've been learning a lot. Uh, <laughs> I feel like every time I come here, every Tuesday, I'm learning something new. You know, I also feel sometimes, you know, when when my name get called up, not my name, when the pastor tell you to get up, I feel like you have something to say, and I feel like the Holy Spirit tell me, well, you know you got something to say. You know you got something to say, I talk to you, so it's it's good to fellowship. And, um Justify, I, I always try to justify. Uh, sometimes you battle with that. Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. You make a mistake. Well, I did this. Well, it'd be all right. No. You know right from wrong. Uh, just like you, you gave it down with your, um, with your, um, with your uh, granddaughter. You know? It's just like babes in Christ. You know? You know right from wrong, too, if you want to grow spiritually. Uh, God was giving me something while I was sitting down. It's like, how do you expect to swallow my food? Eat my food, you can't accept the little that I give you. And it was like, how can you expect a baby to grow off a lot of formula? Because it's not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to throw it up eventually. You got to accept the little in order for your body to grow in Christ. And that's what he was telling me. You got to slow down. And um, I try to justify myself. I make mistakes. Um, thing is, one way to overcome your mistakes and, and, and allow it not to become a habit is through the word. And knowing your worth in Christ. Knowing your worth in Christ, it, it can take you exceedingly in abundant ways where that no man can justify for you by knowing that God has already forgiven you for all your sins, past, present, and future. Does not give you an excuse to repeat. Repent, not repeat. Repent, not repeat. And you tell me, and every time I ask for forgiveness or anything, I always remind myself, repent, don't repeat it. Don't repeat. Do not repeat. You have to encourage yourself. Don't do it. Know that God forgive me for it. Don't mean you redo it over and over and over. Remind yourself what he's already done for you. Amen. Is that all? We're going to go ahead and let the deacons come up and close us out. Oh, the forms uh, for your